Hey guys. <laughs> what up? What's going on? We just recorded a, a lovely episode with um, Carl Radke. For some of you who do not know him, he is the reality TV star from Summer House. Yeah. Um, he also is does sales and business development for Loverboy, which is a sparkling hard tea. Um, he talks a little bit more about that in the episode, but um, you know, Carl is like Chris. So Christy actually didn't know. I've never watched Summer House, guys. So if you are on here and you're like, "What the fuck is that? Who is this person?" So, and once I realized that he was coming on, I knew like a few weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, I, I made a decision to not watch the show because I wanted to meet him from a different perspective. And I know Brianna knows him from the show. Well, so, not personally, but yeah, yeah, not personally, but you like have watched the show, you know? Yeah. So I think he's like so down to earth, so chill. And I really love what he's doing right now in his life. Yes. So he, for people who don't know anything about the show, um, it's a reality show basically about like, you know, friends, they all have real jobs like in New York city and they go to the Hamptons on the weekend. And so Carl's been on it since season one. And, um, he openly has, you know, gone through like relationship problems. And right now, um, he's working through some sobriety stuff, which is, you know, interesting because he does work for, you know, a, a sparkling hard tea. And so he's talking about how this quarantine actually has been really productive for him with his sobriety and kind of just, you know, like reevaluating some things in his life. And he's calling it Carl 5X and, um, you know, kind of just like working on himself, which is hard on a good day, let alone in, uh, in quarantine. So I think it's going to be inspiring for y'all to hear it. I think it's also good to, um, like I tried to purposely make sure I threw the glass half full at him whenever he was, you know, he was talking about real life shit. And, you know, I like to try and do that with people. So I think with this quarantine, let's be honest, people, drinking is a real fucking thing in this quarantine. Oh, yeah. Like, honestly. So if you maybe feel like you're on that, that, that train on the way to spirits um, and you want to get off, this might be a nice episode to be a little encouraged by. Definitely. And he's got some tips on what he's doing to keep himself busy. He loves Cheez-Its, so I'm fucking, I'm on with that. And charcuterie Uh, boards. And then we do some rapid fire at the end, which is fun, and get into that. And, you know, Carl gives some advice to his his younger self. And um, I think it's just a a good one. Nice, lighthearted episode. Yeah, so it was a fun time. The hour flew by, and I'm excited to release it. All right, y'all. Well, enjoy the show. Yes, enjoy, and... uh, We'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Ciao. Ciao. From, well, you were born in Chicago, technically, but you grew up in Pittsburgh? Yeah, so I, I mean, are we, I, how, are we recording this right now? Yeah, we record it, and then we, like, edit we it. Edit and, it and we'll yeah. do an okay. intro later, and then, uh, like, okay. your bio. Okay. Yeah. We're on, so we're rolling. <laughs> yeah, so I was, I guess I'll give you, like, the real backstory. Like, I was born in Chicago, lived there until I was five. Our family moved to Pittsburgh, but my father also was born in Chicago. At a young age, moved to Pittsburgh. So he grew up in Pittsburgh. Okay. I ended up going to the same high school as my dad and his, like, my uncle. So we were kind of like a second-generation Pittsburgh family. Okay. Um, so I claim Pittsburgh, even though, like, Chicago does have my blood in some way. Okay. So are you um, a everybody, pizza kind of guy now because of Chicago blood, or? I mean, I love all pizza, so. Okay. It's, I, I'm, not, I'm not any uh, New York. I mean, I like New York pizza, but I think Chicago pizza is good. It's heavy. It's, it's very heavy. Yeah, that'll put you into a pizza coma, and then you yeah. get the pizza sweats, and that's just not a great time for anybody involved. Um, but I also heard that you originally wanted to school, you wanted to go to school to be a sportscaster for ESPN. Yeah, I mean, I 
growing like in my high school we had a very cool like tv program so like you could do the morning announcements you had a class where you could like actually do like news stories on the sports teams or the library whatever it was so i was always in that class i loved doing like the reporting i mean it was obviously the worst production <laughs> value of all time looking back but yeah. um i wanted you know I, at one point i was doing like emceeing for like um different like school not plays but uh like events that we would have i was on student council so i would always speak to the like the, the, ch you know, not the children but uh my classmates uh, i would go to the school board and give like talks and things about like what was going on in the high school so like i always did like these kind of like public things and i always kind of liked that so syracuse had a really good tv film program okay so that they also are known for their broadcast journalism and mm -hmm. that's what i set out to do but i realized very quickly when you go uh into broadcast journalism it's like you basically graduate college and go to like fucking lynchburg virginia <laughs> yeah or, you know like idaho and you're in some shitty market covering you know rugby on a wednesday night like yeah. i don't want to do that <laughs> or idaho potatoes like what's the happening potato recipe of the week kind of thing even, yeah. yeah even like even worse than that like um so transition into more like behind the scenes production stuff writing um also didn't do acting like you we did like a multi-camera sitcom in college and we filmed it i wrote it i acted in it That's so awesome. i got into acting and modeling and stuff when i moved to la after graduation from syracuse yeah so i was going to ask about that because you lived in la apparently for it was like three and a half years and then you so what happened with that like did you kind of just miss the east coast family i know you're very close with your mom like la is also i lived in california for three years as well and it was like i think three years is enough you know to get what you need i mean i like i like la in some some ways but you're right i got the people not, nothing against like any particular person but like some of the people i just didn't i don't know i'm more of an east coast midwest vibe mm -hmm. and you know the the traffic fucking sucks earthquakes suck yeah. um i had my first earthquake when i lived out there and i was like that's not cool at all <laughs> <laughs> like the building just started rolling i was like what is going on like everybody else is used to it yeah, yeah. Um, we had like snow days i remember that too i was at work one day i remember and we had an earthquake and like they were talking about like an earthquake drill and i was like i had a fucking snow days so like what am i what am i supposed to do drill. yeah uh, pittsburgh we had plenty of, i love a good snow day uh and even in syracuse we actually didn't have snow days and it's snowed a ton but i you know after college and four years in syracuse i needed some warm weather so california was a, a nice choice yeah um but after a while yeah like i got kind of wanted to be closer to my mom wanted to be closer to just I think a, a, a culture that was like more hardworking or maybe like more focused seemed yeah. like New York was like this go-getter um, work, work, which I, I still wanted to do that. And yeah, I got, I got transferred with my company I was working with to back to New York and basically so, was working here for like three to three, almost three years. And then was going to the Hamptons having fun. And I had known Kyle and this whole TV thing happened. I was going to say, so did you have any like hopes and dreams to like become a reality star when you were doing acting and broadcasting? Was that like kind of in the back of your head? And then when you were presented yeah. that opportunity, you were like, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's always in, like, I was always doing stuff on this, like on the side, even in my sales stuff, I had invested and helped produce a couple of film, like short films. Um, you know, I was always like trying to like find new ways to potentially get back in, but like mm -hmm. in a, a way that made sense for me organically, not just like applying to be on the bachelor like yeah. if i like know a producer and they come up to me at a bar and they're cool as hell like i want it to be like that right mm -hmm. um so I, like as soon as it i mean the truth the truth of the story was i was actually i knew kyle i had met everett and i had met lauren workus the uh -huh. one twin 
randomly once. And I, but I'd known Kyle for a bit. I was getting my teeth cleaned by, my, by the dentist that I was actually in business with. Uh-huh. He's cleaning my teeth and he goes, hey, Carl, your buddy Everett's got this show on Bravo. And I was like, okay. Oh, my God. Sorry. You're good. Sorry. Fuck, how do I do this? I don't know why I did that. phone goes off on pretty much every Apple podcast. <laughs> it hasn't happened in, like, over you're, a month. You got to take that. Yeah. No, I don't have to take it. I just have to continue. <laughs> um, it, I think it's a funny story. Maybe you don't think. I don't, whatever. I just think the, the background is... He, I, I, my dentist goes, it's about the Hamptons. And I emailed Everett and Kyle after because this doctor was actually in the, the Navy and Everett was in the Army. And this whole, like, he had this whole charity for um, veterans. Anyway, I emailed the, the lady at the front desk, like, hey, tell a doctor about this charity thing. Oh, by the way, um, what's this thing on Summer House? And Kyle calls me. He's like, yeah, we're looking for another guy to join, you know, join our Summer House. Mm-hmm. And I literally met with Bravo once. I was in like a full suit coming from a work meeting. And I didn't, I didn't think anything of it really. I didn't take it as seriously as maybe other people would have now. Right. I was like, I have nothing to lose. I have a sick job with Invisalign, but I'm willing to like risk it if maybe something happens. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, here I am five years later. <laughs> I feel like that's like how it happens though. What? I feel like it happens like that. Like that's how all great things in life happen. They just happen unexpectedly and you're like oh all right let's do it you know yeah, I, I not having expectations about it i'm sure too just yeah like okay like i guess i'll do what the fuck else why not you yeah, know why not? no and i liked your optimism on that i mean that's kind of how i was at that point i had been at this company um almost seven years and i was like my boss and i didn't really vibe and i like still was going to the hamptons in previous summers and that was like my thing so just, it plugged right into my current life. And obviously they do want to talk about your work life. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought, okay, like maybe they're down for it. So I basically got it like cleared with my boss. But the first episode of the season, I'm driving my company car. I'm, you know, obviously Friday afternoon, I'm drinking and partying. And then, you know what I mean? It just wasn't a good look. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I got fired after the premiere season one. I always wonder that for like things like that. Like, do you sit down with your boss and you're like, hey, I want to be a social media like slash, you know, uh, reality TV star? They knew that like, I mean, like I would like give speeches at like the company meetings and shit. Like he knew I had like a, I guess a charisma, if you want to call it that. Like Mm -hmm. I always liked being in front of like people. I didn't mind the attention. So I think they kind of knew I was bigger than what I was doing there. Like I wouldn't always be there. Right. So he was like willing to sacrifice. Okay, like if this thing makes it to TV, what? Like I just told him that we're doing this like thing over the summer. I don't know what's gonna happen. Like we had no idea season one what we're getting into. No one did. Yeah. Do you so, remember like walking in the first day and then like miking you up and being like, yeah. "Well, I guess we're gonna <laughs> just start drinking Fireball and whatever." I mean, we we kind of had like a little bit of like they want us to be organic and like actually live it how we would normally kind of live it and. I think it shows now we've worked out the kinks in the show because where we are in seasons three and four, which I think are our best seasons. What did your mom say? Because I know you're like so close with your mom and she is just like an earth angel. So were you like, mom, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to not be like corporate Carl anymore. And I want to like try and transition into this version of my life. Like what was her advice to you then? Were you like scared to tell her? No, I mean, I, I just, I, I've generally made a lot of my decisions on my own, truthfully. And I was, my mom always supports those decisions, which I knew she would. Um, I thought I saw it as an opportunity. Like when I talked to Kyle about doing it before he was like, 
to tie, I mean, it kind of ties in now and it's, it's been awesome for that, but like, it's, it's a platform. Right. And obviously the, the optics are Carl's getting drunk and having sex and being an idiot and getting fired. Yeah. All very but, relatable. We've all been there. It's like, no, like I graduated college. I have money to invest in businesses. I'm a good salesperson. I know a ton of people and I have millions of eyeballs on me. Yeah. Like that's how I was looking at it. And like my mom gets that side of it. So she's willing to kind of put up with like, okay, Carl is kind of a jerk or, you know, it's, it's an enhanced version of me. Like it is me, but on steroids, you know what right. I mean? They have to cast type on some level, obviously, of whatever like version of yourself you're going to, because people, I think that's why people do like reality TV is mm-hmm. you want to feel like you relate to somebody when you're just like, oh yeah, I've been fired from a job before, or I've gone through a breakup before, or like I've transitioned from like working through my own shit. Like, mm-hmm. I think that it's really brave at, to be able to be that vulnerable. Like I think about how hard it is for me to call up, like Christy's my best friend. We've been best friends for 18 years when I'm having like a hard shitty day to be like, I done fucked up and like, let alone letting America see that and then judge you for all of that. Like a year later, that's like hats off to you. Cowboy hats off to you, you know, there's trade-offs. I mean, in everything, like I I looked at it as a risk reward. I mean, yes, the risk is the the people's perception of you and how people might view you or your opportunities moving forward. If you do something stupid, you name it. I just felt like, you know, I was, I was willing to risk that in some way, but also it's happened to me and I've never realized it until maybe even two or three months ago, which lends itself to like what I said on the reunion about my sobriety. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I've grown a shit ton by watching myself. Yeah. In these environments. And I think it's hard to face it sometimes, but even some change with my family and like how I've, you know, communicated with my father, like me and him are cool again. Some of my partying ways, even just treating women. Like I've learned a ton over doing that. It's not been easy. Trust me. I've been going to therapy. Um, but it's, it is hard, but I would say the other part too is, you know, we're able to literally leverage, I think, some cool things with it. And the people that really know me, know me. And like, mm-hmm. they know that I'm a good person. They know that if I put a camera on you at Saturday night at midnight after you drank all day and someone, you know, steps on your shoe and what are you going to be like? Yeah, yeah. totally. And well, that's definitely- what you get when you don't get what you want. You know what I mean? So yeah. for you to be able to look back retro, then that's the part of the reason why we wanted to even do this podcast. Cause I always say advice is a form of nostalgia. Like a lot of the times when you're looking back, it's like, I just wish I would have known that. Or, you know, like looking back now, like I understand yeah. why I had to go through that. And like, yeah, it was shitty and it was a really dark time. But I also think sometimes the shittiest times of your life for some reason are very like, romantic and beautiful because there's also so much hope of like okay well then what could be next now you know yeah Yeah. well said i guess it's uh yeah but the other part too there's a lot of stuff that's not shown that we have a a ton of fun and you know it's been i mean it's been i can't believe we're you know on on the thought of even maybe doing another season five it's just crazy like we didn't even know we'd make it to (laughs) past one um so yeah like you go in each year like not really knowing if you're going to be doing it Right. There's always this like kind of like no one's, you know, we never were signed up for five years guaranteed. And it's just like each year you bring on a whole new set of maybe baggage or uh, current life stuff. And it's like, I've literally grown from, I was 30 years old when I joined the show. Yeah. So, you know, a lot can change in someone's life. And even I'm just hoping you've, you know, people have watched me kind of grow up in some way, maybe a little later in what people would normally expect in different ways. So it's, I've learned a shit ton about myself just by how many trolls that tell me that my short shorts are too tight and my pants are too tight. First of all, your short shorts are amazing. I think <laughs> I don't think it's actually ever I seen an episode. Of- That's the funny thing. So like I have actually I've never seen it. <laughs> I've never watched one episode. Like I don't watch 
a ton of TV, but I have like my, I know I do watch TV, but I have like my shows I watch and that's it. Um, and then like, usually I have things on as background, but Brianna doesn't really watch a shit ton of TV at all. So before you were even in the picture of coming on the podcast, she was like, Oh, I love this show. I got to watch it. And I'm like, I've never seen it. So now I'm going to watch. I did. I, and once I realized you were coming on, I was like, I'm not binging it. I'm going to watch it after. Uh, see, I, I appreciate your, your way of going about it because yes. there's certain ways you can watch it. And then people that don't know me, they, I get like, I've had people tell me to kill myself and shit. Like people hate me. People are really honestly though. <laughs> it's, part of, it's part of the generation that we're in. People just I mean, say it, whatever I, the fuck they want. And they don't understand like, down to everything, like yeah. politics, education, sex. It doesn't matter what it is. People just say what the fuck they want. They have no idea about what they're actually saying. I mean, no, I, it's, I'm just blown away. I mean, it's 42 minutes of an episode, thousands and thousands of hours of filming, and yeah. three months of the year. Yeah. Like, and you're and drinking. not only that, it's like your diary. Yeah. Who, who else is get, being followed by a camera 24-7? Yeah. mic'd up nobody like you have dark moments in one day let alone fucking three months <laughs> of drinking like the things that have gone on in quarantine have you watched tiktok like the shit people are doing yeah people it's, not, it's not a great time yeah. but i mean you're obviously crushing the quarantine life i mean carl 4.0 right abandoning yeah. like certain social media things and giving up drinking and christy i don't know if you know this or not but like so carl does sales and business development for lover boy which is not sold in new jersey yet so we're hoping it comes here our, is it well, our spritz i was gonna do a shameless plug but our spritz 100%. is sold in new, in new jersey by the means of our website you have to go online to drinkloverboy.com okay and i'll show you the can drinkloverboy.com and then you ship it to new jersey it ships to new jersey and it's okay. a low calorie um there's no sugar added it's gluten-free it's a sparkling hard tea the other boy, so what's different with the spritz? So. I'll just, I'll give you like a, a 30 second, um, just education on alcohol. So our sparkling hard tea that we drink on the show, uh-huh. it's regulated like a beer. Okay. With beer, it takes distribution in each state. It's just the way prohibition was. What we're selling with the spritz is a canned wine cocktail. Okay. Wine, you don't need individual state. You can ship it to most like 45 states. Because it's a wine product. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. The Jersey Shore needs Lover Boy. That's yeah. No, it's because well, here's the goal. Like Kyle's from New Hampshire. We actually have a deal with New Hampshire now for Lover Boy up there. Amanda's from New Jersey. Yeah. So obviously New Jersey want to plant our flag, and then I'm from Pennsylvania. We want to be there as well. Yeah. Awesome. Those are all the states that you need, and then from there it will just obviously. Well, yeah, we've got we've got a lot of the southeast. You know those those. Uh, Southern tea drinkers, they like that stuff. Mm-hmm. And obviously the, the warmer cities like, you know, Miami and, and LA and, and Arizona, Texas. So I'm sure you've gotten this question a thousand times already, but like, so how has that been now? Changes a thousand and one. Um, transitioning, being like working with an alcoholic company, obviously, and then working through sobriety stuff. And like, that's hard enough on a good day. And then add quarantine, like how the fuck has that been going? Yeah, I mean, it's... First of all, I mean, the sobriety thing is something like I, I've never gone sober, like ever. <laughs> um, my relationship with alcohol has evolved over the last, I'd say, five or six years. I mean, probably since I've been to New York, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York City is a very social drinking culture. Uh, you know, being in the, in the line of work I was in sales, you're always out entertaining and doing shit. And then obviously add in being on a TV show. Like I was going out five nights a week and drinking until four in the morning. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that just that catches up, and that 
you know, loss of sleep, also performance, not being focused. So like this pattern was just evolving over the last like four or five years. Meanwhile, like I'm on, you know, I'm with Kyle, we're best friends. I want to be a part of this. Um, so I just made a decision over even like right before quarantine, I was like, I'm going to just not drink and just see how the sobriety feels. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it, I've learned with working with an alcohol brand, there's a lot of people that work in nightlife and with alcohol brands that don't actually drink that much. Yeah. Um, Cause they're, you know, consumed by it. It's like, you know, for me, I, I was promoting Loverboy every fucking day this summer, you know, in the, the fall we were doing events in the city and like, I'm out, you know, three o'clock every day drinking. It's like, yeah. So I just need to take a step back. Um, it's been actually pretty therapeutic putting this story out there. I've had a lot of people reach out to me. Um, I've been getting therapy over it. I've been kind of telling my own story about it. But it's been pretty easy during quarantine not to drink. Yeah. For me, um, having the outdoor running and, and being able to, you know, I need to tire myself out. Yeah. So the, the working out has been huge. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at a Loverboy spritz and it's like, I don't even really want to drink it. It's, I mean, it's delicious, but I don't, you know. I always joke, I have like a sweet tooth that's my downfall in life. And I'm always like, I want to get a job at a bakery just, yeah, like I, I want to get a job at a bakery just so I could like eat all of the desserts in a week and then be over it and like I, never want it again. Extra toasty. Extra I got the extra toasty family size in Target the other day for four ninety nine. dollars I, I was like this I like and you know, I was like, praise the Lord. The, huge the box is like this big i love extra or extra love cheese wait are you a cheese fan because this is going to be a really important question then i mean if you're not a cheese fan you should just what are you okay so right. i asked i asked christy this question these are the kind of questions i ask in life because of who i am as a person i asked christy this we were at brunch one day and i said if you had to pick a cheese to describe your personality what cheese would you pick and why christy do you want to give your answer i chose burrata because <laughs> a burrata is like nice and you know, it's like soft and like warms your soul inside, but the outside's a little hard ass, you know, and that's kind of me. I'm such a genuine person. Once you crack the burrata open, you know, I'm, it's just like, I'm so nice and it's just wonderful homemade, but the outside's a little bit like, yo, bro, you got to get through this. You know, I think, I think I'm a Manchego. Like, okay. Explain. Oh, you are a cheese aficionado. Yes. Yeah, because I have I have multiple like personalities of like Carlito. It's like that's my Spanish name. So uh-huh. you know, the Manchego has that that Spanish flair, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of mysterious because when you eat a Manchego, you're like it doesn't really taste like it should be from Spain. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! So that's kind of how I feel. That's a great. <laughs> that's answer. how you know he likes cheese, though. Yeah. There was no yeah. hesitation, and he pulled out a legit cheese. Oh, I I'm a big charcuterie board. Me too. So I live for a, char- a charcuterie board and like a good Bloody Mary or a good dirty martini. I know yeah. we're not drinking anymore, but that's no, ideal that's, for me. I've, I've actually I've been dabbling. I tried a non-alcoholic beer, and it wasn't that. I mean, yeah, I'm they're not that bad. Not bad. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, have you been working on your charcuterie board game during the question? Like what skills have you, you know, like what, what other therapeutic things you can only work out so much, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean cook, cooking for sure. I would say like, I haven't been doing the charcuterie boards as much here because I've, mm-hmm. I usually like to, I like to do them when I'm with friends where like this is like eating yeah. a whole charcuterie board. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Well, can't say I haven't done it. So. I mean, I, let's see. I've done it, but I feel like it's more of a shareable kind of thing. And I, <laughs> 
but in its current state, hey, it's, you can do whatever you if anybody's out there eating charcuterie boards alone, we're not judging you because there's a lot of emotions going on and we got all sorts of If it. anyone's out there eating them, why don't you post them and tag all three of us in them so yeah. we can see the work you're doing because that's what I would like to see. Or we'll do a Zoom next time with a charcuterie. We'll just do virtual yeah. charcuterie. Yes, definitely. <laughs> we'll make sure to have the good cheese. Yeah, I've been, I, I try to bake a banana bread, which like every basic bitch in the world is doing. Yeah. Um, I, I did it out of the box though and it, I burned it a little bit so I'm, I'm like barred from like baking anymore but you know what I find you're either some people are usually either like good bakers or good chefs because you know like baking is very precise like I would say I could bake because I can follow directions but like if I'm like I should add more garlic or like I, I think I watch a tv show and then I just fuck it up so I'm like I can't yeah, I, I do a lot of grilling I've been making breakfast a lot I've been doing um more simple stuff like chick chicken cutlets and stuff like mm-hmm I'm pretty, I'm pretty bro-y when it comes to like, you know, a potato, meat, and if we're lucky, a veggie. Listen, you got to do what you got to do. What have, what do you think has been some other like positive changes you've seen since, you know, giving up alcohol? Like, you know, I would say like the the, the thing that stands out the most is like my energy levels. Mm -hmm. Um, I wake, I wake up very clear headed as well. Like folk, like focus. I mean, I still have anxiety, like most normal humans, but I've been doing some meditation, which actually is part of that being uh not drinking i've kind of replaced it with the meditation stuff so at night when i'm like maybe would have a glass of wine or like winding down to go to bed i will put on this meditation app which is pretty good they have like stories they read and all that kind of stuff i mean that has been huge and i would just say like um being like the financial impact is huge let's be honest definitely uh yeah just i don't know just feeling and more like having like a like i'm doing something different it's like kind of exciting to like not booze. I mean, I've been around some friends, you know, we had some friends over the other day, like we were just kind of like grilling and um, they were all like drinking white claw. And I just didn't even have the urge. It just, yeah. I felt maybe like the next day we're like, Oh, I'm so hungover. I was like, yes. Yeah. It's nice to not feel hungover for sure. So have you had like, I'm a nutritionist. So I like, I've noticed sometimes with people when they give up things, like my dad struggled with drinking for a while um, when him and my mom were like going through some things. And what they say a lot of times happens is because it does light up same parts of your brain and things like that. So sometimes people will have cravings for other things like sugar or carbohydrates or, you know, just other things to get dopamine firing off, working out and stuff like that. Yeah. So have, have you had any other kind of like things that have popped up where you're just like, this is weird or new for me? Uh, I, I went back to cereal, which I didn't, I haven't been eating like, you know, like pretty like special K uh, fruit and yogurt. I do like, um, there's this Czech cinnamon that's like gluten free. That's really good. Okay. So you're going to be a cereal connoisseur now. Yeah. I mean, on charcuterie boards. I mean, you're, what else could you make? I, yeah. I guess like when, even when I was, you know, I guess drinking a lot more, I would even like almost skip dinner sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you like, you got full from drinking. Yeah. So I was, I was kind of unhealthy a lot with that. So it's, I've been eating a lot more of the breakfast. I love the breakfast stuff. Like yeah. whip up eggs. I'll cook bacon or like some turkey sausage. Are you a breakfast for dinner kind of guy? Is breakfast like your favorite meal of the day? B for D. I mean. B for D. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> oh, that's what we say. Um, I don't know. I haven't done B for D in a while. I would do it with like, uh, like French toast or something, like something like sweet for dinner. Okay. How do you feel about hollandaise sauce? You like uh, like um, eggs benedict i love a good eggs benny have you made hollandaise sauce at home yet because i did that during this quarantine that sounds that exciting. Could, could and what be you on the list. do is switch out the canadian bacon for pork roll because you know down here in jersey yeah the jersey pork roll is the move yeah mm-hmm. it's a move it's what, a is it taylor's taylor's ham 
Uh, not down here, it's not. Yeah. But well, that's the great North debate in Jersey, Jersey you know. Oh, I, I saw some someone debating it on Twitter. I maybe I was North Jersey calls it Taylor Ham, and like where we are in down South Jersey calls it pork roll. Got it. Yeah, it can really start. If you're looking to start a fight, if you guys get picked up for next season and you're like looking to ruffle feathers, and you know, maybe ask Amanda, see if that triggers her and see what comes of that. Danielle's from um, Jersey as well. Oh, perfect. Then you can start the great debate at the dinner table. (laughs) Could be good. Um, So you obviously, I always like asking this because I feel like sometimes people who work in sales get a bad rap because it's like, a car salesman kind of guy or whatever, but like, I think everybody's selling themselves in every aspect of their life. Like if you're going on a date, you're selling yourself essentially if you're working or you're passionate about something. So do you feel like you've had any like sales skills that have like permeated into other areas of your life that you've learned from maybe corporate America or even like stuff with Loverboy that you're like, yeah, this is like a, a cool quality about myself that I feel has like been helpful with others. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, what I, like, I hated the term salesman because, like you said, it has, like, kind of a connotation that's not very mm-hmm. favorable, uh, especially, like, the sleazy, tall, 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 dark, and handsome guy that people like to think I am. Yeah. Um, I, I've always looked at it as, like, being a consultant, like, more, like, ask, like, trying to bring value to the person versus just, just being the person that, so, a, a, a sales manager of mine first, like, originally quoted me. And I thought it was really good. He's like, don't be the donut guy. Don't be, like, just, like, cheesy doing this. Be, like, the person that, like, they actually can trust. And, like, you can help them add value by, like, actually telling the truth. Like, you know what, doc- like, doctor, this product actually sucks. You probably should buy it from that other company. Yeah. You do that to him, he'll give you business from something else. So, I learned, like, I don't know. I guess that's, like, kind of a, a really good trait in, in being a good salesperson is asking a lot of questions. Yeah. So when I'm like talking to people or learning, like just engaging with a lot of folks, like I generally ask more questions than they ask me, even if like I maybe want to talk more, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so like I, I've done a lot of that, I think, which is helpful just in general. Um, I also say flirt, flirting. Um, flirting with, is a sport and everybody here is athletic. So yes. Yes. About uh, why being in sales, being good looking and flirting is yeah, like. Being good looking helps. Well, good looking sales rep walks in, everyone's like, what are you selling? <laughs> Well, there, but there's an art too. Like you can be almost too good looking where they don't even listen to what the hell you're saying. Well, yes. <laughs> Pretty girl discrimination, I call it. It's a real thing. Yeah. And it, it goes both. It goes definitely. I've dated, I dated a sales rep female and she killed it. But like some of the men, she'd have to wear a fake wedding ring just to like keep these men yeah. away. Because I'm, some people are nasty. And, I, and I've experienced that with, with females in the, the dental environment, like front desk girls, assistants, like, hey, like I'm down. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... I always wanted to keep it professional, but I mean, I guess like the flirting thing is very helpful. Just also to like understanding how to like talk to different kind of people, mm-hmm. you know, being relatable to like, let's say an older female doctor versus a young female doctor or a old, you know, old cross. Understanding how to come at these people. Yeah. Or, you know, or some, exactly. Even different like backgrounds, like whether I've dealt with different ethnic doctors in the past, um, you know, like an, an Asian dentist may have different priorities than like an Indian yeah. dentist. So like, you just kind of like learn how to navigate different personalities and people. And that, that I think translates to being on TV where you're going to live with fucking strangers or not strangers with your friends and be exposed to other like new people. Like it's always been, I've always been good at making friends, I guess that way. And that's part of like my, well, I feel like part of sales too is kind of, I mean, Part of it's like acting because you have to be able to be so versatile in a role 
when you walk in this building versus that building yeah. versus this building. But so it, I try. I mean, it's not being not genuine or like fake. Yeah, no, no, no. It's kind of, it's like a form of it is a form of like performing. I would say like hey, gotta you be know, on. kind of a way of like thinking through how to talk to certain people. Um, yeah. But it's hard to turn that off too for me. Like sometimes like you know, I, I'll definitely like drink to kind of like not want to be like on. <laughs> definitely. Uh, and I spend a majority of my, like, I just even being on TV and stuff when I'm out and about, like I'm always on. Like, so I like sometimes like just like chill the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Christy and I talk about this all the time, actually, because especially when you are a people person and if you have like a fun, bubbly personality, like that's great, but that is also exhausting, like being an extroverted introvert and being on all the time. Like, so there are times when you want to just chill and people are like, what's wrong? And you're like, nothing. I just don't want to sunshine out of my ass right now. Like, is that okay? You know? And well, like, you even had to learn that about each other because we went to Portugal and I was like sitting, I remember I was sitting outside and her brother's place in Portugal is literally on the beach. So I'm sitting out back and she's like, are you okay? You're like so quiet. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, chill. leave me alone. Yeah, I'm content and happy. We've yeah. been friends for 18 I'm years and never seen that in her. I was like, that's exactly the, the same thing I've suffered. I mean, people have a certain expectation of what, I don't know, just I, majority of the time. Yeah. I'm the life of the party and the fun person and, I, and fun to talk to and you know, all the, all the things. But then, like, the one time, like, trying to be chill, I'm totally fine. People are like, what's wrong with Carl? He's, like, sick or something. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm just hanging out. No, I'm just being me. What do you do to, like, turn, to turn off? Like, what's your, like, now? What's your, like, de-stress thing? Like, how do you kind of just don't answer, like, a movie you watch? Or I laugh at memes on the internet. Like, what do you do? Uh, mu- music, big time. Um, yeah, I'll go. I, I, I've been, it's been funny. I've been doing this exercise. I'm not sure how old you are. You don't have to disclose. But 31. I'm 35. And I've been going through, like, all the years of my birth. So like 85, 86 and up, uh, you can type in, I do I, Apple music or Spotify. You can type in your, that year. And I've been going through like the hits of those years. Okay. That's cool. Um, which has actually been kind of fun. Cause I like, even the, I love eighties obviously. And you know, early nineties, like Goo Goo Dolls and like there's, there's been some good jams that I've missed that I like just kind of brought. Great back. idea. I always have music on. So that's, I'm going to try yeah, that. I recommend that. Um, you know, the meditation has been great. I've been going like long walks, even if you don't want to work out, throwing in the headphones. And like, I do listen to the the years on that. The walks is, is good. If you and, had to pick an app bat song for the life of Carl currently, what would be your like, you know, up at bat song right now? Or like the song that most recently has resonated with you. That's just like, I'm going to play this 90,000 times until I hate it. <laughs> there's a, there's a Drake song. Um, but I, I probably shouldn't quote Drake because I get made fun of for that a no, lot. No, actually, you're you not can't... the first person to quote to well, say Drake on this show. Fun, fun fact, my last name is Radke, R-A-D-K-E. And yeah. Drake, Drake is also spelled with the same letter. So I have like this affinity. Like, I can... love Drake, so you can talk about Drake. And anyone Drake. who's coming for you has to deal with me uh, with Drake. Yeah, so. Drake is the realist. That's why he has banger after banger and people love his song. It's so relatable. I love Drake. So the song I'm listening to the most right now is called Oprah's Bank Account. Oh, I don't okay. think I know that one. Yeah, I got to download. I got to write that down. It's just a good. It's just a good beat, and, and Drake's verse is awesome because it's just fun and happy, and I just that's how I'm feeling right now. Sometimes okay. when I'm upset, like Christy will like tell, cause you know, I, I joke and I call it like emotional cutting, you know, like there's times when you're sad and you can listen to music and make it worse. Like I'll listen to John Mayer and I'll cry. But then sometimes you got to just put on your big hoop energy and be like, I'm going to listen to some hood rat shit and I'm yeah. going to like get a little Jersey and I'm going to feel really good. It after. works. It does it works. work. It works. No, I'm with, I, I've been bumping a lot of like, you know, post Malone and like, oh, yeah. um, 
even like some of the new uh like future and the baby i i go i like a lot of rap not gonna lie but i also love you know, I'm listening to like Harry Styles too and shit. So. <laughs> oh yeah, you got it. You got to have it all on there for yeah. a good dance party. You never know what kind of mood people. Yeah, but music, music's definitely something big. Like, yes, I love. I do watch TV, but I've been finding myself not watching as much because I'm on TV. Like, I kind of get mm-hmm. want to get away from it. Yeah, but yeah. I do watch a little bit of Bravo. Just, just what's just your favorite? What's who's your favorite house? Do you watch any of the Housewives? Yeah, uh, I have a crush on Tinsley from Real Housewives of New York. Oh, she's okay. very cute. She's, I mean, I've hung out with her and like at different events. She's super cool too. Like she's beautiful. Yeah. Um, the, I, I mean, they're all like kind of cool and crazy in their own way, but. You could be a, you could be a future housewife husband. I mean. The oh shit. And you could have your own spinoff show. I, I'm also, I think Melissa Gorga is fucking gorgeous. I yeah. Know. We, I actually met her when I met her last summer at a JLo concert. Cause she's obsessed with JLo. Like uh, obsessed. Yeah. she's like, she's beautiful. So, she was really nice though. And she's so, she is, she's beautiful in person. Yeah, she's super nice. Like we did this thing, Bravo con in November. Yeah. And I, I mean, we got to meet a lot of the other, like we generally rub elbows for the most part with the New York based or New Jersey based stuff. Yeah. But it was like unreal being around all of the other like show. It was wild. How many like, I Teresa mean, is my queen. I like love her. I cannot Teresa, get enough of her. Teresa, we party with Teresa was actually out one night in the, the Hamptons. We I sat with her and she was dating some young dude. He was like, <laughs> I remember that when the she's trying to hide going yeah, she was like, This guy was actually pretty cool, but we we hung out with her for a while. I chatted with her. We drank Lover Boy together. Oh, cool. Did she flip any tables? No, she was cool. I mean, I I, I just you, you always bond with other Bravo people because you just know what it's like to be like yeah. pushed by a producer. You've drunk too. You've drank too much. <laughs> different scenarios you get thrown in. And you're like, fuck. Like you just you get you get screwed over sometimes. Yeah. If somebody was gonna be on a reality show, like let's say it was one of your friends, and they were coming to you, and they're like, Carl, if you could give me one piece of reality TV show advice, or if you could give like season one Carl a piece of advice, what would you have said to younger Carl or someone who's maybe getting into reality TV? Um, don't don't drink so much on camera. Good one. It's true. I, I mean, you, you get, you get carried away and you forget. I mean, I, yeah, I can party, let's be honest. But when it comes to like what comes out of your mouth and how that will be translated later and you know, you just, sometimes you have, I call it the fuck it's and it's like, <laughs> I don't care. Like you, you've been filming all day or someone pissed like in that moment. Yeah. I felt like that, but in the grand scheme, is it really how I felt? Probably not. Yeah. So yeah, just I'd say take more caution with my drinking and, yeah. you know, be, be more careful of how you're handling your female situations. Because at this point, I've been like the biggest fucking slut in the show's history. Well, you know, whole char- you know, whole season yeah. builds character. You got to go through it. And I'm sure, you know, you've learned some things from and that. I went to a housewife. That's um. Yeah. They're going to, you, you can do it. They can do I, it. I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, I mean listen, it's. I've been pretty much the only sing- single male on the show since the beginning. Kyle always has had a girlfriend kind of, and then turned into a fiance. Yeah. So like being the only single guy on a Bravo show is not easy. Yeah. yeah. When you're filming a show, I'm sure is tough yeah. as well. It's, to it's, try every year's been, yeah. So every year is always finding something new for me to, to navigate. Do you find it difficult now with dating to like, un- to realize if a girl is just trying to like use you for fame yeah. or to like, if they're genuine and like, have you kind of like your radar for that? Has that maybe gotten Yeah, it's, it's happened. I mean, every season I've had a girl that I've like either met before filming and like 
maybe a few dates or maybe we've hooked up or whatever. And then like, I kind of like, Hey, like they want to see us go on a date or they want to have you maybe come and visit. Like, I'd love to have you come, but like, are you comfortable with this shit? Right. Two different girls, like basically we're just using it me to, to try and get on the show. Right. And one particular girl was actually trying to get paid and like cause the whole thing with like the production and Bravo and like maybe look kind of stupid. And like, yeah, I, I've never talked to her again just cause it was like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's hard to trust people. Cause you don't, some trust girls are on a good day. But then yeah. there's other girls that don't want anything to do with it. And right. like, they're also probably good catches. And, but I, do I trade that for that possibility of that relationship for this really cool platform and this exciting experience? Right. Um, mm. You know, I dated a girl for six months and she, she couldn't handle like being in the, she said, yeah, it's, I love this. This is cool. And it was just a little bit too much. Like even being out in public, I like got a bar, like girls coming up to me, she would get like really pissed off and weird. It just, I can't live like that. Yeah, yeah, especially it's a part of your life. But would you, I mean, I feel like you're a hopeless romantic, though. I mean, you seem very romantic and like love, love, and you yeah, know. I, mean, I think I've had to get myself really in a good place. I mean, I've kind of been secretly like not doing great, like drinking way too much and just yeah. making some poor choices and like hiding that from like a potential new suitor and like mm-hmm. selling them on this idea that I'm this person and I wasn't. And I like fight to uphold that, and then that causes the relationship to explode. Yeah. So I've realized a lot of that. And I'm just trying to like be more like, you know, I guess just kind of taking care of myself first. And this quarantine has been a huge opportunity to do that. Dating yourself is the most difficult thing to do actually, but it's so important. And it's so, it's crazy because like these cliches, like they really do matter because it's like until you really understand your triggers and things that you maybe don't love about yourself. And when you're not dating from a place of of desperation or because you're avoiding dealing with your own shit or like, you know, Christy and I always joke, like we used to be like, you know, fixer up or daters. And it's like, no, people aren't we, at this. We were the original Chip and Joanna games. We were for sure. And like, that's like, exactly, awesome. we'll fix it for you. And people should be turnkey. You know what I mean? It's like, you have yeah. to, the difference between a partnership and a relationship. I feel like that we talk about, Christy and I talk about this a lot. Like mm-hmm. that's, you date differently, you know, when you're just trying to whatever, have a good silly goose time. And then if you're, trying to build a life with somebody that's like frustrating as well you know especially if you see your other friend doing shit and you're not and you're like well fuck what about me you know yeah, yeah. that's what i think that's a good way to put it and again yeah all of my friends majority are on their second child homes yeah some are still in the city and like come out every once in a while are still like the fun mom and dad but yeah it's you know it's definitely put a little different spin on like how i look at like kind of my my peers mm-hmm. and my friendships you know, Kyle and Amanda even getting, you know, they're engaged and married was like, holy fuck. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it like puts me in a position. I'm like, okay, like, yeah, that's something I do want. I want to get married. I want to have kids. Um, I've just like, I've, you know, wanted, I think, get into a place where, where I was a little bit more comfortable financially and like kind of a more clear path what I was doing. I'm getting, I feel like I'm in a good place now. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to rush anything. <laughs> right. To, you know how guys are, but. I'd love to go this summer and, you know, maybe meet someone, but this quarantine is not the easiest, but. No one, I think it's nice. It's leveled it out for everybody though. Like if you weren't dating before, like who cares? No one's dating now. Like, you know what I mean? I think everyone looks like shit. Like I, I do hair for a living and makeup. Okay. I'm just going to give you a little, little quick, you know, we call these Tate tangents, but I haven't had extensions in for since this quarantine and I've had extensions in for fucking three years. I feel homeless. Okay. So I mean, shit's leveled out. I just went to CVS and bought a fuck ton of makeup. Cause I couldn't come on here with no foundation on 
I just spent a hundred dollars at CVS on makeup because all my makeup's at my house up north. I'm a makeup artist now. So I mean, yeah, like shit's leveled out as fuck. And people have been doing what you're doing, like really deep diving into who they are and, you know, fine tuning shit that they're like, I don't want this. And you, I mean, I know it might seem negative, but at least you can see it play out on TV and be like, wow, I don't like that about myself. I like how I am like that. Like, I wish I would expand more on this. And, you know, you're going to come out a better person. So. Yeah, that's, no, I, I like, that's the way I like to look at it. I know a lot of people have like, it's been shitty for them for this whole time. Yeah, because people aren't looking at it the right way. It's a shedding yeah. of skin. Totally. Just, you know? I like what you said. I mean, you may have to, you know, go back to CVS again and <laughs> get, some, get some extensions. <laughs> No. My hair is getting done like, one You don't like me. The makeup looks good though. I, your hair is fine. I mean, my eyebrows are not even. I have no bronzer on. I did this in the car. I sat my car. I was on the phone. I don't have anything on. I just have this ring light that makes me look okay. <laughs> and I just That's am Coco Chic is my personal brand. I call it being hot mess couture. So like this has really just gotten like worse for me. You know, it like I the type that like calls me and she's like, so I went to like Dean's and they like make foundation out of cocoa beans. So I'm gonna try it. I'm like, oh, great. I'm like, yeah, I buy my makeup at the health food store. So that says a lot about me and Christy. How uh, we you're, not you're, you're a tree hugger or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, something like that. So that's, yeah, but I think it's really inspiring what you're doing because I know okay. like going, I've had moments where like, I knew I was drinking way too much. Like when I was younger and I was bartending, I was in school full time. I was working in a restaurant too. And you know, I was bartending in Seaside and I was working until like four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. When you're fucking working like that and you get off work and then you hang out with all the bouncers. I mean, I was sitting in Seaside watching the sun come up on the top of Karma, you know, shit faced at 630 in the morning. I, um, I mean, and you get to a point where like, who am I? And like, yeah. is this the kind of person I want to continue on into my adult life? Do I want to attract someone like this into my life? You know, and you're here now. So maybe now that person will come along for you, you know? I, yeah, I like your optimism. Yeah, and maybe you didn't meet somebody when it was Carl 2.0 or 3.0 because that wasn't the match for you because your lifestyles wouldn't have aligned. And, and like, you could a have lot grown of that involved you... eventually yeah, into this person. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm calling it Carl 5X. Ooh. 5X? Okay. Well, 4.0 is this past season. That's not a great version. <laughs> maybe that's what we'll title this episode, Carl 5X. I'm making a note of that. That's going to be Yeah, I'll make a meme like title. this. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Carl 5X. I like it. Well, I think what, this is a great time to do some rapid fire then because I think- yeah, we're coming you know, into it. We're coming into it. So if you're ready to do some rapid fire, we're going to get into it. What's a rapid fire? Let's go. All right. First question. Um, berries or tone house? Berries boot camp or tone house? Berries. You're going berries. Absolutely. Okay. Good to know. You heard it here first. Pittsburgh or the Hamptons? Ooh. Pittsburgh. Okay. This was a question I got from my friend who is from the Philadelphia, whatever, Pittsburgh area. He said, Fiori's or Beto's for who has better pizza? Tell tell your friend he's the man. Okay. No shade. I love Philadelphia. It's a great city. There's always this like beef between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. There's not. Pittsburgh and Philadelphia are great places. Fiori's. Okay. And he said, Fiori's cheese cup, question mark? Yeah. You get an extra side of cold cheese. And you put it on top of the already burned, like, melted cheese. It's a great combo. Where is this? This is in Philly or Pittsburgh? It's Pittsburgh. Okay. So he'll be very excited to hear. Tell him he crushed that questioning, and I love him for it. And you got to get a Coltrion iced tea on the side. 
Okay, he's going to be so happy. We have to go to Pittsburgh. Okay. All right. Um. So a Pittsburgh snapback or cowboy hat from this season of Summer House. Uh, cowboy hat. Yes. Always the right answer. What was the worst fashion trend you participated in that you feel like looking back? Um, I think guys look really stupid in like uh, rainbow thong sandals now. Okay. I like I like, the sli- I like the slides better for men. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, but you went through a rainbow. Oh, I was like Mr. Rainbow for like three or four summers there. Okay. Um, what would you say? is your favorite non-physical feature about yourself? Um, I think my wit. Oh, your wit. I'm very witty. Okay, that's a good one. Witty banter, flirt to roast ratio, very important. I say it all the time. I'm, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's my game. Okay, love it. Um, what's the quality you admire most about your mom? Her strength. Oh, good one. Okay. She seems like she, she gives well, a lot of- I'll add to that. She gave natural birth to me in 1985. I was born 10 pounds, six ounces. Wow. That's her soul. No yeah. drugs. Come on. That's no drugs. Clap for pop. Okay. okay. Natural- Sharon oh. crushing it. Sure. That's that's mom. That's mom shit right there. That's Love gangster it. shit right there is what that is. She's okay. a gangster. <laughs> um, okay. Three non-physical traits that you look for in a partner, because let's be real. You're good looking. You're going to naturally attract somebody who is good looking as well. So what else looks fade? I need Wait, someone forever. I need someone who's who's funny. Okay. Um. I need someone who's like independent. Mm-hmm. Right. And I need someone that is. I guess I mean it sounds cheesy, but is loving a good one? <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, like like com- like comforting and loving. I guess. Yeah. Have you done your love? I like to be. I like to snuggle. Whatever category that is. Physical touch is that one of your love languages? I was just going to ask him that. Have you done your love languages? I have. Yes. Okay. What is your what list? Are your top three? I think words of affirmation. That's mm-hmm. my first one. Yeah. I do. I just told, said it, the gifts, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um. To, I dated a girl that was time, and it was like that. I didn't have a lot of time, so it didn't work out there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because we were actually just talking about this the other day, because sometimes how you give love is different than how you receive love. And yeah. the same thing for your partner. So it's like, you know, it's kind of important to understand that. Yeah, I think you could have a couple of languages that kind of mesh. And you're, you're willing to maybe give up a little bit of the language to receive. But I think it's pretty spot on sometimes. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Christy, you want to ask question. a question? Yes. Um, what's a piece of media, like a book, a movie or a song, which we kind of like chatted about your music a little bit, but that maybe had like a profound impact on you, like a song that like you, you know, pumps you up or like a book that you read and you're like, shit, I got to do this, you know? Um, or a movie. It, it, I, I read a book. I don't know why it always comes to mind. It's, it's a horrible time in history, but there's a book called by Ellie Wiesel called Night. Yes. It's about the Holocaust and it's. It's like unfucking believable book. Mm-hmm. Amazing, inspiring, and like incredible. It was a very good book. Shocking, and you name it. I always like that book is always just kind of like for perseverance and like getting through crazy shit and tough shit. Um, yeah, there were a lot of there were survivors, so like it's just kind of wild to read some of those stories. So that's like always kind of something that's in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, other things that like 
I always loved Biggie Juicy. Oh, uh, classic. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up Magazine. Salt and oh, Pepper. Heaven, heavy D up in the limousine. Taking pictures of my ball. Every day is Saturday. Rap Attack with the Magic Molly Mall. This is good. Maybe we'll all be rappers, too, at the end of this. I don't know. Yeah, he, that just, you can just hear, like, the hunger in his voice and, like, yes. like, the, like his energy and just how he, like, wanted to do just something. Just, like, the, the grind of it. Yeah. It's hard. hard. It's hard and inspiring and fucking dope as fuck. I'm with you. <laughs> I think that those are maybe how people would describe you as well. Inspiring, dope as fuck, hard. Okay. Um, I love asking this question. So if your mom was to set you up on a blind date with somebody and she'd be like, you should go out with my son, Carl. He is X, Y, Z. What three adjectives would you think your mom would say to set you up on a blind date and sell Carl? Um, Charming. Charming. Uh, I mean, maybe sweet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe sweet if I need to be. <laughs> I'm um, in a place. And energetic, I would maybe say. Ooh, okay. I like that. Uh, let's see. I mean, I, I love women. So, like, I get excited around people that I like. I like, so... That's important. Girls love that when guys are excited about when they're around them, you know? Yes. That's generally a green light for That's sure. A great, it's usually a great thing if you like. Well, with be that being said, I guess then, so do you have any like red flags or like non-negotiables or deal breakers now that you've maybe reflected on some of your relationships that you've learned about? Like things that you're now that you're dating differently for, you know, Carl 5X. Yeah, I, I need someone that's, I, independence is something I've, like I like someone that like, like obviously we have our thing, we're a team, all that good stuff. Um, but like, I want someone that can like have their crew of things and do their shit, and like I can go play my golf. Like I don't know, it'd be okay. Like they have their own thing going. Yeah, they have like some of their own thing. Like I think like it's like planned separation. Like you're gonna be doing your thing here. It's like yes, yeah, so that's a good way to put it. Planned separation. Quality alone time is what my uh, my yeah. sister in law says. <laughs> you know, I think that's important. Um, but like, I, even just like the, someone who wants to like, who could, I, I mean, I've always made the joke, but someone who like obviously strives for wealth and having success in some ways, but is totally okay with, like, I know in the, my heart that they're okay with if it all broke to hell and we didn't have that it. That you would still be together. Yeah. I think there's some partners out there that it, money is like a major, I mean, it always is going to be a source of a lot of mm-hmm. fighting or good things. But yeah, I think someone who can just kind of like, want to work for their own if we don't get it we don't but if we do it's even better yeah and you're homie for life at the end of it that's what we were actually literally just talking about before when you before you hopped on the call um you know like about how it should just be like you should have fun doing silly yeah. things and like someone you can laugh with and it's like your friend mm-hmm. exactly yes um i think i have one more and then i have oh. one more and then we'll let you go and then you can tell everybody how they can find you how they can order lover boy things all sure. things carl sure so what's one of your favorite guilty pleasures that you don't feel guilty about now at this point in your life? Besides Cheez-Its. Besides Cheez-Its. We already know you're passionate about cheese and I respect I, it. I was, I was pretty strict on dessert and like cookies and stuff, but I've been like, fuck it. I'm eating dessert and cookies. Dab on in. That bitch yeah. is the sugar queen. I'll take a yeah. loaf of bread and olive oil any day over a cake. Yeah, not her. Yeah, it's the even if I'm so full and they're like, "Do you want to see the dessert tray?" I'm like, "Absolutely." If I'm on a date with a guy and they're like, "Do you want to see the dessert tray?" and he says no, I feel like I'd be like, "That's a flag." Might not be a red flag, but it's a yellow flag. 
Okay. Last question. And then you can tell everybody where they can find all things Carl. Perfect. Um, so if you had to go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, or maybe there's a piece of advice that you've heard recently that has like really resonated with you or something you want to leave people with when they're listening to this episode, um, that maybe you heard. Cause again, I think a lot of times when we're younger, we hear things, but we just don't always, it just sits deep back in the brain, you know? And then later in your life, you're like, mom, you were absolutely right about all of that. So is there anything that maybe comes up or something you want to leave with people that you've heard, read, or been saying to yourself recently? That's a good one. Um, I think there's one from Julia Child. I was going to pull it up because I just want, I didn't want to butcher it. You know who Julia Child is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, it was something like to the effect of, and my mom didn't say this, but I read this on this meditation app that I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 32 when I started cooking. Up until then, I just ate. So like, I guess like what I was saying, like, it's just kind of like important. Like she, she was obviously, she took it to a whole nother level. And there's like a way to like, once you really focus in on what you really want to do, mm-hmm. like that's like what you go, like you can do it and you got to set a goal to do that. So I've, I've just really always excelled well with like setting goals and having things like written, written down of what I want to do and being more mindful and intentional about those choices. Um, so that's kind of like, I think what Julia Childs is like, yeah, like I was fucking around in the kitchen, but now I'm fucking around in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. Yes. So that's, that's, good- that's I've been thinking about a lot. I just like that. Cause it's like Julia Child's such a badass and it was such a character and that movie with uh, Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Meryl uh, Streep is Meryl, Meryl Streep's unbelievable. So it's just, he's a legend. But, well, I think uh, this is going to be very like inspiring for people to hear. And I think it's going to actually just like resonate and a lot of people are going to relate to it because, you know, we're all fighting demons and going through shit. Like I said, when the world's not falling apart. Um, so, you know, add like a global pandemic and then trying to like, you know, work on yourself. It's like a lot. So I think this will be really like fun for everyone to hear. Perfect. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, if you guys want to find me, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Carl Radke, R-A-D-K-E. And Loverboy is drinkloverboy.com. You can buy our spritz in the state of New Jersey and in most states. Uh, We're going to order it. Ship it right to your door. The the product's really delicious. Two grams of sugar, 100 calories. It's light, refreshing, delicious. Uh, That's the sales pitch for the day. But yeah, that's all I got. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for having me. Thanks for chatting with us. All right. Have a good day. Yeah, let me know when this is going to go live. We We will, will. for sure. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.